Well, it's another edition of the Boilers Extra Podcast on the road back from Minneapolis as Purdue pulled a shocker today, uh, defeating Minnesota 20-10. First victory in that stadium for the program. Uh, It opened in 2009. Purdue had never won a game there, 0-6 before today. Uh, Purdue was also... Uh, one and four. Jeff Brown was one and four against PJ Fleck. Now two and four, but a uh, pretty solid win for Purdue. Uh, when you drill down on it, uh, the defense was uh, pretty darn good. Now I, uh, the running back Mohamed Ibrahim did not play. That affected the game, but Purdue choked off the running game for Minnesota. Uh, Only 47 yards on the ground for the Gophers. So Purdue's front seven did its job in making them a one-dimensional team. And that was kind of the question mark coming in. Could Purdue's defense, or any defense, based on what Minnesota had done in the first four games, make them a one-dimensional team? And uh, Purdue did. And uh, Minnesota did not handle it well. Uh, They did not handle their first adversity of the season very well. Uh, you know, Purdue did what it had to do early. Uh, nice opening drive, 10 plays, 68 yards. Uh, and Purdue played from ahead. And that's how, that's the formula for Purdue. Uh, get a lead, and you, you're able to dictate things from there. And, it, you know, the game got tied later. But, uh, Minnesota just seemed uh, out of whack, and I think that was in part to what Purdue was doing defensively to them. Uh, forced three turnovers, two interceptions by Cam Allen, tipped interception uh, for Jacob Wahlberg as Jack Sullivan got to tip. Uh, but you can go up and down that defensive line, and Brent Dean played well, Lawrence Johnson played well. Jack Sullivan played well. He had the the first play from scrimmage. He he threw Trey Potts for a five yard loss. Uh, Kydren Jenkins, I think, had one and a half tackles for loss, including a sack. Uh, so I I think the depth on the defensive line has really been showing up uh, the last couple games and. You know, now you're, you're kind of seeing it with more pressure in the backfield. And there were a handful of times today where that defensive line got in there and forced Tanner Morgan out of the pocket, forced him off his spot, made him throw quicker than what he wanted to or made him throw on the run before he, before he wanted to. So, um, you know, I think the, the impact of all that depth and what's on the defensive line uh, really showed up today uh, in a big way, and I, I thought they kind of controlled the game. The, the, the secondary was aggressive. Uh, you know, they had one PI that came early on Reese Taylor. Uh, I thought Corey Trice played a, a really good game, more active than what he's been. Uh, I, I think I noticed that he wasn't wearing his brace on his knee uh, in today's game. 
but he had a chance maybe to get three interceptions and it just didn't it didn't work out but I thought he had one of his better games uh, today uh, defending you know Minnesota's receivers uh, he may have played the whole game I know that Jamari Brown and Reese Taylor rotated a couple times but I thought Corey this was one of better this was one of Corey Trice's better games and uh, it's interesting because uh, Ron English talked about him this week about and just how you know it's just a long road back from knee surgery it's a long road back from you know where he was and you know I think we've all seen Corey Trice flash a lot of talent and play a lot better than he has this year and I think that's a direct result of his knee I just I never thought the first four games he was really comfortable uh, playing and whether he, there was a you know scared of you know re-injuring the knee or you know you have no idea what goes through these players minds but I never I just never thought he looked comfortable he didn't play comfortable out there uh, today though I thought was different I thought he was more active I thought he was uh, reading things a lot better uh, jumping some routes uh, creating some some pass breakups uh, so uh, that, I think that was a step forward for the secondary. <laughs> Let me tell you what, they're going to need it next week when they play Maryland and that group of receivers that they have and uh, the offensive weapons they have. But I thought the secondary overall uh, did a better job, especially Corey Trice, uh, the safeties. You know, Bryce Hampton didn't play uh, last week against Florida Atlantic. Then I think he ended up with six, seven tackles. Uh, today, um, you know, and that was a that was a forced situation for for the coaching staff. They forced themselves to play more bodies in the secondary because, you know, Trice and Brown, uh, Allen, and Kane played every snap against Florida Atlantic, and they're just they're not going to last the year. That's, that's a lot of wear and tear on those four guys. You don't have a lot of depth back there. So they forced themselves to play, you know, Bryce Hampton. And, you know, you don't judge all defenders by how many tackles they have. But he was active. He was active back there. He was he was getting involved in making plays. Um, so that was a good sign, at least moving forward, for Purdue that you do, you do have some other options uh, in the secondary. But, uh, you know, I think you got to get a lot of credit to the defense because I thought they dictated the game. Uh, the offense struggled, uh, had a great first drive, and then had some drives at the end that were productive, but really had, uh, this was a, from an offensive standpoint, this was a lot of run in place for them. Uh, they, they really didn't get a whole lot going after that first drive. You know, they had a perfect opportunity at the end of the first half, five minutes to go, I believe, and they were, going to, they were going to get the ball to start the second half, maybe to put a drive together at the end, get a field goal, uh, but not, they went three and out. And then uh, start the second half, I think they went three and out again. Uh, so, uh, but the offense did enough. You know, they made enough plays. You know, the running game, uh, back-to-back 100-yard games, uh, back-to-back players getting 100-yard games, Here's an interesting question for you from a Purdue standpoint, and I can't answer it because I don't know. 
You know, Dylan Dowling came here as a walk-on from UNLV. You know, Devin Mockaby is a walk-on. So those are the two guys that have back-to-back 100-yard games. Has that ever happened in Purdue history? Has it ever happened in college football history? Where guys that were a walk-on and a walk- and currently is a walk-on produced 100-yard 100 100-yard games. So, you know, Purdue's, you know, I got to think that's a rarity right there, what we've seen the last two weeks. But now, the 100-yard game came because of the 68-yard run by uh, Maccabee. Uh, you know, I don't think you can disguise that fact, but it still counts. But, you know, in the bigger picture, they've gotten some really good production from their running backs uh, without King Daru. Uh, all three of them played probably more snaps than they have been recently uh, when you throw in Kobe Lewis. And um, the running game is something that I that is developing into a strength for this offense. Uh, now, again, Purdue's not going to run up and down the field on some other Big Ten teams here. But they've, they've made it a strength. And I, I do think Jeff Brown's more comfortable calling running plays now. You know, he used to get bored when he called too many because he wants to throw the ball. Uh, but I think he's now getting more comfortable call, calling running plays. I think there's a trust factor in the offensive line. If you go back to the first game against Penn State at the end when they're trying to, to win the game, they're trying to wrap up the game, and they threw all those passes, and I, I said, I don't believe just Jeff Brom trusts his offensive line. I think that was clear that night. He did not trust his offensive line. Uh now that may be a little strong maybe he just believed in the passing game more than he believed in the running game but you got to be able to trust your linemen you got to trust your running game to get the job done uh so i i think that is flipped a little bit now i think that jeff brom definitely does trust his offensive line and his running backs uh based on the experiences that they've had here recently and, you know, the offensive line has done a good job this year when you look at it. Now, you know, they're not, again, they're not going to overwhelm you with a bunch of yards and stuff like that. They're not going to do what Minnesota's done and average 300 yards a game on the ground before today. But they're getting crucial yards. They're getting important yards. And the timing of their yards are pretty important. I mean, that first drive today, they were pretty effective on the ground. Now, that went away. Uh, that went away really quickly because their offense stalled. And I think a, a lot of the reason why their offense stalled is they were not getting any production on first down. That first drive, if you go back and look at it, they were getting pretty good production on first down. And, uh, you know, and that, that set them up uh, for that drive to get in the end zone and get that, and get that early lead. Now, Aiden O'Connell... Uh, is clearly not 100%. Uh, you know, he he didn't start really start practicing until Thursday, and that's kind of a light day for Purdue. Uh, now, he was out there 
you know, Tuesday in full pads. And as I mentioned on the last, when we previewed the Minnesota game, that, you know, I couldn't tell you for sure what he did. But I do know he was out there at the end. Uh, but he was not he was not the Aiden O'Connell that we've seen. He, he had a couple interceptions. Uh, and he's, you know, he wasn't the same guy. You know, he overthrew some guys. Um, you know, he just wasn't as sharp. And the other thing today was that Minnesota was playing uh, a defense that was taking away the deep ball. And you still have to take your shots, but I think he settled for underneath routes, uh, you know, let the guys make some plays. And the other thing that happened today, as I glanced at the stat sheet after the game, because I was really curious about this, because I was kind of watching it unfold a little bit during the game, is that Purdue did not Purdue did not get a lot of yards after the catch uh, from a receiving standpoint. Now, if you go back and look at Penn State uh, and even Syracuse, uh, Purdue was in the 150, 160, 170 range as far as total yards after the catch. Uh, but today, I believe... And again, I'm driving, so I can't look for sure. But I believe it was 70 or 72 yards after the catch. That's a low number for Purdue. So, you know, a couple things there. They were shorter passes, uh, but also Minnesota did a good job of tackling in the open field, uh, not allowing uh, big plays uh, to happen. You know, I don't, I don't think it was a dink and dunk type of game. It just the underneath routes were there. Um, and, you know, Minnesota was determined not to get beat deep. And really, they didn't. Uh, the one play, which I, I think was the play of the game, and I know that, you know, Maccabee's run is, is what everybody's talking about, but to me, the play of the game was O'Connell to Charlie Jones for 28 yards, which ended up being the longest pass play of the game. That came in the field goal drive in the fourth quarter that put Purdue ahead 13 to 10. Uh, you know, O'Connell made a nice throw, although he said he didn't. Uh, but Jones made a pretty good play on it. And I think it moved Purdue from, uh, I want to say the 42 to the 24. It got them in the field goal range. And then they eventually got inside the 10. Uh, where they stalled and then kicked the field goal. But I thought that was the, the play of the game because uh, it moved Purdue in a, in a position to take the lead. Um, so, you know, there was not a lot of deep th- uh, opportunities there for Purdue. Uh, and this is probably a defense, that type of defense, they're going to see a lot more of. Oh, and they, prop- they brought pretty good pressure. Um, O'Connell seemed a little hesitant at times. Uh, held on the ball a little bit too long uh, a couple of times, but he still completed 68% of his passes. I mean, it wasn't like a horrible day, uh, but he just seemed a little off, and I think that's not practicing for basically a week and a half, not playing last week. Uh, it just shows you how important that practice is, and you've got you've to get out there and do it. Uh, so I, I expect him to, be be- him to be better next week. Uh, there was one where he scrambled for nine yards on a third down. Uh, I don't believe it led to any points, but you know he's going to ha- he he needs to do that a couple times a game, just to kind of keep the defense 
aware of who he is and what he does. Um, but, I mean, overall, he had a nice game. You know, the receivers didn't put up a ton of yardage. I think he had 109, I think Aiden had 199 yards uh, through the air. Um, but, for you know, for, for 40 passes on 199 yards, that's not a lot of production. Uh, but they got enough of it. They got enough of production uh, to win the game. You know, hopefully the quarterback situation is now settled. We don't have game-time decisions that we have to monitor for, you know, two or three days leading up to the game. Uh, so hopefully we can put that away and uh, worry about other stuff, I guess. But, this, I mean, this is a big win for Purdue. Uh, it, it was really a make or break, in my opinion, because if you if you lost, you fell to 0-2 in the Big Ten. And, but, you know, you're not... You're not out of it. You're not mathematically eliminated or anything like that. And with the way the Big Ten West is, you know, two losses, not, you know, you're still in pretty good contact with the rest of the field. But with Maryland coming up next week um, and then going to Wisconsin, I know Wisconsin lost to Illinois today, but you, you were looking at a really hard month beforehand. And then if, if you would have lost this game against Minnesota, um, probably a near impossible month when you get right down to it but you know this win will boost confidence this win will uh, rejuvenate them uh, give them a pretty good foundation to go to Maryland and try to slow down one of the most dynamic offenses there is in the country Uh, and I do think that what happened today what unfolded today is a byproduct of what happened earlier in the season you know, you lose those close games for a variety of reasons. It, it hardens you up. It toughens you up. And I do think those experiences uh, helped Purdue today in the fourth quarter being able to make some plays on offense but also make some plays on defense by getting some three and outs and knowing that you've been in that situation before. You know, Purdue didn't panic. Purdue didn't start doing crazy stuff you know they just stuck to what they were taught to do this week and got the job done and I I don't know if Minnesota panicked in any way but it was a new situation for them they hadn't been in that situation all year they had blown people out they were the games were over at halftime you know and Minnesota's win at Michigan State is still pretty impressive uh you can't take that away from them um but and they're still a good team. They they could still win the West. They, you know they've got to get Ibrahim back. Uh, they're not going to get their number one receiver back because he's done for the year. But you know Minnesota's still a solid team. Uh, but I think they got exposed a little bit today, uh, based on the fact that they fell behind, and they and they didn't react very well. They didn't react to their first taste of adversity, and they'll be better for this. They'll be better. You know, when they play, I think they play Illinois in two weeks, and then they go to Penn State, you know, they'll be better for this experience. Uh, you know, it's a good team. It's a good, solid team. They play good defense. Uh, they're physical. They always have been. They get to, you know, they get their running back returning. Uh, Morgan's going to have a better game down the road than he did today. Uh, it's still a good team, and they could still win the West. It's not, it's not out of the question. It's not done. And just because Purdue won today doesn't mean Purdue's going to win the West. Or just because Illinois won today doesn't mean Illinois is going to win the West. 
or Nebraska won today, so Nebraska's going to win the West. There's six teams, one and one in the West, and your 0-2 team is Wisconsin. I wonder what the, the betting odds on that were at the beginning of the year, that you would we would see that combination after two games uh, in the Big Ten. But it, it's going to be a crazy ride. It really is. And you're, we're probably looking at the winner 6-3. Uh, uh, I, I can't see really any team only having two losses. I mean, they're all bunched together. They're all evenly matched. A lot's going to depend on your crossover games. You know, Purdue's played Penn State. They got Maryland. You know, probably need to beat Maryland just to have, you know, have that victory, you know, against the East. The more important games are the West, no question about it. But, you know, maybe, you know, the, the importance of the Maryland game is a little bit more now. But it's, you know, it's going to depend on maybe your crossover games and who you play at home and who you don't. But I, I'd be, I'd be a little surprised if, uh, if the winner of the West has two losses. I think we're looking at probably six and three. We're probably looking at uh, a potential tie for the West. Um, it's going to be that kind of season. And you know, Wisconsin probably didn't look good today, but I wouldn't write them off just yet. Uh, Things have a way of uh, of turning around uh, in, in a hurry too. So, uh, and just because what you saw this week doesn't mean you're going to see the same thing uh, next week. So, a uh, lot more football to be played, a lot more ups and downs to come. Um, but Purdue has put itself in a pretty good position, at least right now, to plow through this month of October and see what they can do next week in Maryland. You know, you get a win there, then I think you're look you're you're in pretty good you're really good shape to finish the month on a high note. And then you get to get to November and you've got some games there where you're going to be favored and you're going to you're just going to be better than the other team. But to me, you know, they still need Jalen Graham back. You know, that's the other thing about today's game. Their defense played pretty well without their best player. And what we've seen when they played Syracuse uh, and they played Florida Atlantic, they missed Jalen Graham. Now, I'm not going to say they didn't miss him today because that would be not true. They did miss him. But they they overcame his loss a whole lot better today than they had uh, in those other two games. Uh, But they still need him back. He's a player. Uh, he's their best defensive playmaker. Uh, they need him on the field. And, you know, uh, next week would be the four weeks that the original timeline was uh, put out. So, you know, we'll see if he shows up. But for O'Connell to play, I think that's an important step. And, and you know, and any player that, you know, maybe is, you know, we're, we're in a day and age now where, um, players are looking out for their future players are looking out for you know down the road and some of them are just you know they're they're worried about getting hurt again and if you're worried about getting hurt you're, you are going to get hurt I mean that's just the bottom line so maybe O'Connell t- toughing through 
today's game the way he did, showing that you can play, you can play injured, you can play hurt. Uh, you know, maybe that will rub off on some other guys, uh, and you know, and speed up their recovery process a little bit and get, uh, you know, Purdue can have its, uh, you know, Purdue can be as whole whole as possible uh, as they get into. Uh, this this tough month of uh, October, but you know Purdue's defense played well today. Played well without Jalen, but they they need Jalen Graham. They really do. And I'm going to stay on that hill because I think it's I think it's true. I, you know, I absolutely uh, think it's true. But a lot to build on for Purdue today. Uh, a lot things went right. You know there were still some penalties that. You know, I don't think I think Purdue maybe had four penalties, five penalties, but each one seemed to be a killer. Each one put Purdue like uh, first and 25, first and 20, and they just they were not getting good production on first down, and it ended up just being a a wasted drive. Uh, so, you know, they still have some penalties to clean up. Uh, they still have some other areas to clean up. More missed tackles today on defense. You know, wasn't wasn't perfect on defense, but there was more missed tackles. And I, I guess I just don't understand why guys just don't wrap up, wrap up people. They want to chest bump them and you know knock them down that way. Well, that doesn't work. You know, nobody really wraps up anymore. And I know they don't do a lot of hitting in practice and you know preseason practices and stuff like that, but. You know, my God, just tackle the guy. You know, put your arms around him and put him to the ground. You know, that's this is why it's called tackle football. Okay? But there were more plays like that that need to get cleaned up along with the penalties. Uh, but, you know, you start nitpicking now. But this was a good overall solid performance against a good team. Uh, a team that uh, in Minnesota that, as I mentioned, can still win the West. Uh, and once they get once they get home, you know, I think you're gonna, you know, see them, you know, win some games here over the next uh, couple months. All right. Well, driving back from Chicago, caught the late flight out of Minneapolis, and just thought, what the heck, man. Let's get home on a Saturday night from a road game. Why not? Instead of trying to get up at 4.30 in the morning and catch an early flight, nah, let's get home. And almost home, too. So, anyway, appreciate you stopping by. We'll have a preview of the Maryland game coming up this week. Uh, Assuming I can find somebody that would want to talk to me about it. Uh... You know, Maryland, as I mentioned, is going to be a really tough out because they can they can put them up. They can put up some points in a hurry. Uh, they're very skilled offensively. Their offensive line's pretty good. Uh, now they, I don't think they're uh, up there as far as top defenses in the league, but uh, that offense is, is good and. You know, it'll be a different type of game for Purdue, Purdue's defense. It's not going to be the uh, lineup physical 
type of running game that you see with Minnesota, you see with Iowa, you see with Wisconsin. So, uh, <coughs> excuse me, this will be a, a much bigger challenge because it's more of a spread. And they're going to try to get Purdue's defenders in space. And I, I, I don't think that's a strength of Purdue when you get right down to it. Now, if you have Graham back, he makes up for some of that. But overall, I don't, I don't believe that Purdue's defense is uh, their strength is playing in space. Uh, I just don't, I just don't think that's who they are at this point. I think their strength is what we saw today. When you get a team that wants to run the ball, they can use bigger linebackers in there, like Wahlberg. Uh, Samisi, he may have ended up he may have ended up leading the team in tackles. You have Kieran Douglas. Those guys, I think, play well against the Iowas, the Wisconsin's, and the Minnesota teams. Uh, but it's when they get out in space uh, and you're playing fast tempo is where I think Purdue's defense has had some problems, and they're going to have to figure that out going into this week because Maryland's going to probably put them in some tough situations. Uh, from a passing game standpoint or uh, run option type of type of scheme. All right, well, babble too much on this Saturday night. Thanks for stopping by. Appreciate it. And we'll be back later in the week with a preview of the, uh, the Purdue-Maryland game. Have a good day.